All right, here we go. Michael, you pray for us. He's already feeling stuck out in the aisle here. You are kind of out there a little bit, just saying. Kind of volunteering myself out here. Oh, no. It's like it's just me and you. It's just good. <laughs> go ahead. Lord, uh, thank you for this time uh, today. We, uh, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity to come and, and fellowship and be drawn closer to one another, be drawn closer to you. Uh, we lift this time up. We look to you for uh, wisdom and discernment and uh, guidance, protection, refuge, Father. Uh, we just uh, we love you. We, uh, we love Mike. Uh, we ask you to speak through him, uh, open our hearts and, and minds to your word. And, and uh, man, just teach us all something. Uh, mm. Uh, keep our hearts soft and, and desirable. And, uh, help us to uh, not only hear it, but to, to live it. And, uh, just have our eyes open to those that you would connect with us as, uh, as we live here, uh, leave this place and, and go about our, our days and our week into our schools, into our back into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into our workplace. Man, I just I pray that uh, they see you and each of us as we as we walk into those places and they just feel it. Um, help us to do that. We're mm. willing. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, man. All right, open up your book or screen to Hebrews. It's in the far right-hand side of the book. Remember, it's not uh, one of the coolest things you can do is look in the table of contents. That shows where everything is. As you were looking, here's some of the here's some of the uh, verses that that we celebrate because of Easter, because of the risen Savior. And we will over the course of weeks, what you're going to hear constantly is this thread of Jesus being better than what has been had before. Okay, and that you'll also constantly hear uh, about being in rest or in unrest. And you'll hear about belief and unbelief. Okay? But one of the things, just to kind of get our minds going, Romans 7, 6 says, But now we have been released from the law. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> For we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Second Corinthians, same writer, Paul, this is in chapter 3, verse 6. He said, He, being Jesus, has enabled us... Now listen, gang. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. Did you hear that? It's plural. It's not just Bivo. It's not just anyone that gets up behind a podium or a pulpit or whatever you want to call it. It's ministers. You have the same Holy Spirit that the boys got when He breathed it out. It's as powerful when you acknowledge that and believe it and cut Him loose through you. And so when you feel yourself stopping, you are bringing unbelief into your life and you are starting to bring some kind of law that is not of Jesus into your world. Because He emptied the tomb to cut you loose. 2 Corinthians where? Uh, 2 Corinthians 3. 
That's verse 6. So the rest of it, he said, He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant. It's a mutual agreement, not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. So if anything that you are believing about Christ is condemning or holding you back, that's the wrong Jesus you swallowed. Jesus is a Jesus of life. He is a, a, a uh, Zoe. It's exuberant. It's out there. He went on to say that if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right, makes us accepted, makes us justified, makes us righteous with God. It's all about Jesus in having that. So if the old way which has been replaced, you, are you starting to sense the tense of the verbs? I didn't pay much attention when I was going to school and had to do all the sentence uh, diagramming. And You remember that? You had to write that line out and you put the noun somewhere and something went up underneath that line. I don't know what all it was, but the verb went somewhere. And so this is saying, has been replaced. Put yourself back in the crowd now. The letter's going to Jewish Christians. And he's reminding them. So the thing is, is saying, I believe that at some point, even in those crowds are going, why the new way? And the answers, man, he said, he said, so if the old way has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? That's great news. So the target audience in this, like I said, is Jewish Christians. And the thing that you'll also see, gang, if you'll get this, is that he's teaching, that the writers are teaching, it's no longer what can we do to earn God's favor. It's no longer what we can do to earn God's favor. But they are transforming it into now that we know that we have God's favor through Jesus Christ, and we're free from the have-tos, and now we want to. you got to pause just for a second. What would make a person in that era have them profess faith in Christ, especially if they were any kind of person that made a living doing anything, knowing that when they did so, it was over? Their livelihood was probably gone. It wasn't, it wasn't the sexy thing to do. And so doesn't it make you stand and take pause and going, why did they say yes? Because the oppression, the holding down of looking at the law and going, that is cool because that's God breed. I can't measure up. There's no way I can carry that. And you remember we said we got our own commandments here. And I can't carry the weight of that, Father. You've got to help me. And God said, i got great news for you. Here comes Jesus. And so they're starting to teach one another one by one by one by one. And so here we go. Hebrews number uh, chapter 1, right out of the gate. It says, Jesus Christ is God's Son. Hebrews chapter 1 says, Long ago God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Time out. If someone came up to you at the water cooler and asked you, what's a prophet? Do you have an answer for them? 
Somebody's going, man, please don't call on me. Please don't call on Somebody me. Somebody in the Bible. Somebody in the Bible. How did they know they were prophets? God's own voice. God's own voice. Yes, ma'am. Old Testament, absolutely. A lot of them in there. You'll, you'll hear terms like major prophets, minor prophets, right? So the thing is, is that that was thousands of years ago. They were talking about a guy that hasn't come yet. So they were called prophets. And the thing is, is that how did their life measure up compared to who they were living around? And if you went back, here's some of the names. If you went back and you started uh, to read um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. You'll probably remember Jonah. He's the one that got swallowed up, right? Everybody remembers that one. Micah. Malachi. Have you ever gone back just to kind of take a glimpse at what their life looked like? And so what was roaring through them at the time that helped them to wobble through their wavering? Because I think a lot of times we got this wrong concept of saying, well, they just never wavered. I'm not seeing that in the book. Jonah would have never gotten swallowed up by the whale if he'd said, Lord, I don't give a rip about them folks back in Nineveh. You can have them. <laughs> he got swallowed up, right? So what about us? So here we go in verse 3. Here's the thing about prophets. Let me, let me share this with you. Please capture this. I believe that there are modern day prophets. Okay? And if you Google that, you'll see people's names like a Billy Graham and a Mother Teresa. I don't disagree with that at all. There's no denying who they are about, is there? I would put you in that book. I would put you in that bucket because see, what you're doing is you're not about gathering an audience. You are about capturing relationships. That's all Mother Teresa did. That's all Billy Graham wanted to do was to connect people's hearts to Jesus. And that when he did that and when she did that, she cared not who she was in front of. There's a, I think it's over here. The power of one. Let me just love on one. And the other piece of that that I'm finding more to be um, powerful than anything is when I let people love me. Because I have shared it with you over the past few weeks. I'm pretty picky at times about who I let love on me. And that is nuts. It's garbage, really. We love you, Mike. Thank you, man. Love you too. Lonnie's just segueing here into Hebrews 1.3. Whereas Lonnie too, the Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us, what's the verb in there, gang? When He had cleansed us from our what? He sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So you know the past tense. How many more times will Jesus jump on the cross? Not every time. Huh? No more. No more. Have you allowed that to take root? 
How many more tombs will He empty? For Him to cover what you say He cannot cover. Anyone? You see, these are beautiful moments in the, in the time of going, you know what? There has been stuff I've not allowed Him to cover. And it's not the fact that He hasn't covered it because He has. The question to us as a people is going, why will I not allow Him? What is it about my stuff, about me, that I think that I can elevate myself over the power of someone that has emptied a tomb? Is anybody with me? It takes relationships, right? Remember, we just came through here and they said, now what did he say about raising a baby? <laughs> hey, what did they say about when I get so ripping mad that I, what did they say about that? Turn what? Other cheek. I want to slap his. <laughs> it's happened to me today. I'm on the soccer field and man, some of the mamas there were going absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it was embarrassing. I'm serious, I'm sitting in between two of them and I'm going, I'm not with them. <laughs> and I actually had to call one of my sisters down. Jane, let it go. It's middle school soccer. <laughs> There's no Goodyear blimps going around this barn out here, man. It's amazing. <laughs> We're going to skip down. Hebrews 2. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. Or we may drift away from it. Anybody ever heard that statement, backslide? Come on. What in the world are we talking about? Falling back. Alright, so, right, so gang, we got to take a big time out here on this. Because we as brothers and sisters, we will do a whole lot of whooping on each other. And the thing is, is that what is the expectation that you've put on someone that you do not live much life with? People connect with me in that? Is that I will look out at someone, especially on the TV thing, and go, all that person needed some Jesus. <laughs> well, I believe that. How do you know they don't have it? How, how do you know that there's something not going on in their life that has got them so ripped up that they can't help but act out in the way that they are? Right? in their shoes. What if we took the time out when we wanted to say that statement and that we wanted to say, look, you are drifting away. Drifting away from whom? Am I, am I keeping my distance from you because I know that if I share this heart of mine, that I've got judgment and condemnation coming. Is that the reason for my isolation? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. And so if there's anyone in our life, including the one that we look in the mirror at, that we're going, man, I am trying to hide from myself right now, ask yourself why. Empty tomb. It has not taken him by surprise. Verse 2, for the message God delivered through angels always stood firm. One of the things that in here, we didn't go over it in, in chapter 1, is that angels were very important to the Jewish people. 
And angels are very important to us because it was the archangel Michael that delivered the news, right? Mary, you're going to have a son. This is what you're going to call him. And so, look at the first three on your list. And so what angels have done in the past is that they've said, these things are coming about. Alright? And remember the prophets that we talked about earlier? That who these guys are? The prophets? So the angel has said, here comes Jesus. The prophet spoke it out thousands of years earlier. Look at the first three on your list. That's just an example. Now gang, here's... There you go. Look at the first three. We've got Addison. We've got, these, we've got kids here, which is absolutely awesome. Eric, don't let that bug you. It does not bug me at all. If you're thinking it is, I'm releasing you then. It does not bug me. But here's one thing I do know, because I know if they're in this room, they're going to hear Jesus. <laughs> and they're going to get loved on. Right? I know that for a fact. I don't know what may happen out there, but I know when they're in here what they're going to hear. Look at the first three on the list. Look, gang. It was thousands of years. We start throwing people under the bus if they tell us something that's going to happen and it don't happen right then. Generation after generation after generation after generation. Well, I heard great, 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 great grandpappy tell me that there was a Messiah coming. Where is He? He's coming. You see, the other thing that we're going to see in this is that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And the thing is, is that we don't have to wait for the glory of Him because He resides in you. Verse 9, it was by God's grace Jesus tasted death for everyone. Skipping on down to 14. And this is where we'll start closing it up here. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could He die. And only by dying could He break the power of who? And what power did He have? Does everybody else's book say had? He had the power of death. Verse 15, Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for Him to be made in every respect like us, His brothers and sisters. Do you ever look at Jesus as your brother, your father, your all in all? So that He could be merciful, faithful, high priest before God. Then He could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since He Himself has gone through suffering and testing, He is able to help us when we are being tested. Where are you with that, gang? Have you allowed Him to take the power that at once that we've been given to the evil one? That He no longer has power. 
that the only power that Satan, the devil, however you want to call him, ever gets is the power that I place on him. Gang, I hear this statement a lot, and I really wish we would all wipe it out of our vocabulary. I get the fact that the, the, the evil one is prowling. But every time I read it, he is defeated. Every time I read it, it says he is defeated. Every time I read it, it says He is defeated. I've looked at it in every translation. I've looked at it in every version. I've looked at it upside down, crossways, sideways. The devil is defeated. I don't, you're not hearing that. You're really not. Let's not bring Him into our mess. Life happens, gang. And the only thing that I have control over is how I respond to it. And here's what we're going to see for the rest of the weeks. Is that each decisive moment that I'm either operating in belief or unbelief. We are children of Abraham. We are Gentiles unless there's some Jewish folks in here that I don't know about. Any Orthodox Jews in here? Nope. So we're all Gentiles. We have been brought together in one through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That means that you get to partake of the victory that we have over death through Jesus Christ. Okay? So for the rest of the evening, well, I'll take a time out. Everybody's watching the baby. He's doing karate. Snatch him up, Eric. Hey, what are you doing, Snatch him up. Here's the thing. Listen to this. Verse, back at verse 13. And then we'll close. It says, You must warn each other every day while it is still today. Warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin. Gang, it's not all behavior based, that word. It means to miss the mark or to misunderstand or to be mistaken. It's hermesia. What do you mean? That you can be wrong about something. And so many times we look at the word sin, and it does. It is part of our behavior. But in order for me to have a behavior, I'm believing something about myself or that particular circumstance for me to carry on with that action. Does that make sense? I got to say that again because I want that to sink in. So read it like this. It said, You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by being without a share in. That's part of the definition. How do you have a share in Jesus Christ? Come on, gang. That should echo throughout the room. How do you partake? In the promises of Jesus Christ. What do you have to do? That's it. Listen to it it again. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived and be mistaken. So in those moments, let's use one that's kind of clear. In those moments that maybe I'm wanting to act out and I don't even want to label any of them. Anything that's not beneficial. The question is, what am I believing at that moment? 
And the better question is, is who? Who am I believing? Am I going to believe as we dedicated Addison that she is who Jesus says she is when she says yes to Jesus? And if I believe anything out of that, then I have missed the mark. I am mistaken and I am in sin. Therefore, craziness happens. Did those dots connect? Amen. Alright. Y'all are equipped. Father, we thank You. We love You. I love this little boy running around here. I love the fact that Eric brought him in. Father, I pray for... Uh, I just pray for all of our next steps. I pray for all of our belief. Father, in those areas where we do not believe, I pray that You would make that crystal clear to us. God, as we just read where it says that we are to remind each other while it's still the day, let's do that. We've done that in such a big way here. I pray again over Jennifer. I pray that in this time here, that Father, that the, the next steps that she may be unsure of, Lord, that she start to learn how to trust You. She has said yes to You, so Lord, You have equipped her. And that for the ladies that did raise their hand, that they would be willing to come alongside and, and maybe give her their cell phone number. And Father, for a Nana that maybe at one time maybe want to try to raise this child as her own, she cannot. But she can sure help Jennifer learn how to be a fabulous mama. And I'm thankful that Mama Judy walked in here. And that she is, uh, she's been a matriarch in that family for a while. So Lord, we're all going to get a chance to break bread and and dip that bread in the cup. And it represents what we've been talking about, Father, and that's our belief in You. That we believe, Father, at least for right now in this moment, in this room, and as we sing this song, that we are who You say we are. And that we are spotless, and that we are blameless, and that we are so full of You that there is nothing that can stop us. Lord, thank You for a people that are believing that. And we love You and we praise You in Christ's name. Amen.